Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Monica, you're, you've come back. Um, you on your second interview, uh, co-hosting the podcast, the Bowling Point podcast, with me. You're filling in for Greg Hemmings. You did a fabulous job last time. Um, what brought you back? Well, back to back, aspiring female leaders here that yes. we have. So this is exciting. I mean, to get to uh, be in Saint John, New Brunswick, we get to reach out and have conversations with people that are literally changing the way we see ourselves here in Atlantic Canada, the way we see ourselves as women, as young people, as people trying to live a healthier, more aspiring life, believing we can live better. I think all these people that, that we brought in, and especially our guest today, is uh, is testament to what uh, makes this podcast really exciting. Yeah, exactly. And, we're, and, we, and we have on the line... Heather Moise, did I say that right? I already, I already Moise. asked Moise. you that. Moise, oh, I'm so sorry, Heather. Yeah. So thank you for, and, and you know, this is, see, this is the, and we'll not edit that out because they, the, 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 they the, need the, to the tech, know. They'll love to know that I'm screwing up a name right off the bat. Um, but thank you so much. Awesome. Um, we, we missed the previous scheduled interview and we're so happy to have you on. And I, Monica and I were both saying, we have seen your picture all over the place and we have yet to hear you speak, but we see you on posters all the time time. Um, can you tell can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and uh, and and part of why we're so excited about having you on? Oh my gosh, well, uh, <laughs> who I am is probably not necessarily the same as the things I've accomplished. So I'm not sure really if you're looking for a bio or whether just kind of who I am as a person. Um, but right now I whatever you want to really share fortunate and really lucky to be, I mean, I'm traveling all over the place um, as a speaker. And I get to, I happen to have two Olympic gold medals and those have afforded me a platform from which I can now go and do what I'm really passionate about, which is empowering other people. So it's really great. That, and it is. And I mean, what a, what a backstory. Um, incredible. <laughs> I mean, to get to even just go to the Olympics is one thing, but to, to be the best in the world at a given time at something, I mean, that, that's quite an accomplishment. What what does that feel like? Uh, it's it's a it's a really interesting kind of a surreal experience and surreal feeling. It's it's really hard to to explain it in terms of um, in terms of a feeling because it, it I think the best word is surreal. Like I it's it's hard when you when you kind of I guess have been brought up to to see these Olympic champions as um, as being these heroes almost or these people that we've kind of put up on these not even just podiums but on these pedestals and to to be that per now that that person it's it kind of makes me realize how much we limit ourselves and the possibilities of what we can accomplish based on how we've been brought up to perceive things and so our own assumptions and our own fears and our own self-limiting beliefs and how those prevent us from moving forward in directions that could potentially be um, 
be just a normal way forward. And and it's really interesting because, um, you know, we talk about being the best in the world, but maybe I was only the best in the world of the people who actually chose to take a leap of faith and, and throw away their assumptions and believe in the possibilities of what they could achieve. And so even just those beliefs themselves would have limited the amount of people um, whom I was up against. So it's, it's, it's an interesting concept. And I think that's very interesting that you said, is it my bio? Uh, what you see might not be who I am. How would you? How would your best friends or your family describe you? Uh, I, a lot of what people would describe me as, it, I guess people would say, a lot of people talk about my energy. Um, I hear that from a lot of people. Uh, my energy, my, my positive outlook, um, just fun to be around, kind of someone who sees the possibilities and opportunities and things. Um, and I guess that's kind of reflective on what I've accomplished, but I don't necessarily define myself by by my accomplishments. I hopefully am defining myself by, you know, challenges I'm continually, you know, putting on myself and trying to move forward and, and different things because you can't, you know, you can't rely solely on what you've accomplished in the past in order to get to kind of move forward, you just—it's about continual growth and continual development, and and, and a third yeah. gold and a third gold medal. Oh God, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, and I, you know what I'm hearing in here is like massive humility, and that's just a really Absolutely. cool trait. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, so you you grew up in Summerside, PEI. That's is that correct? Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, and 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 you know, for people like so, there's a lot of listeners are from the Atlanta, Canada, and we're based here in Atlanta, Canada. But we, mm-hmm. we have when we look at downloads and stuff, we have a surprising amount of people um, from kind of you know Western United States and and uh, kind of uh, Midwestern states and stuff. Yeah, that's for, pe- great. for people that don't know about Prince Edward Island, like just just to get a sense of you know to, you know you know where you where you grew up and then just to, to be on you know kind of the world stage. I mean, maybe just give. Like there's a big contrast there, and, and PI is wonderful. But what is it for people that haven't been there? How would you describe the the island? Oh my and, goodness! And, and islanders, um, you know what I mean? Like because I think because yeah. we're, we're always trying to expose people to to Atlantic Canada and and some of the brilliance that exists here, and we're always saying, "Come on, you got to come see this place. It's amazing." And and Prince Edward Island is unbelievable. It is unbelievable, um, and I, it's it's funny because I. I would, Oh, I don't know if funny is the right word, but it's it's interesting how we how we describe it. And we as islanders, and I think maritime, like I think maritimers and, and those of us in Atlantic in Atlantic Canada, we are so proud, like like profoundly proud um, of where we come from, that it's we it's almost like this, oh gosh, it's like this passion that runs through our veins for people to understand what it means to be from here. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is, am I right, Monica? Like, Absolutely. It's just, it's just like, it's yeah. almost like makes you choked up to think about where we're from and how fortunate we are mm-hmm. to, to have grown up in such a place. Now, Prince Edward Island is, uh, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a small island. It, there are 140,000 people here. I grew up in a town of, Right now, it's about 14,000. That's kind of amalgamated with some surrounding areas, I think. But um, yeah, about 13 or 14,000 people. Um, it's a province on its own, but and our but the capital of our province is only about 35,000 people. Um, it it's it's quaint. Um, 
and it's it's kind of I'm not a very like rainbows and unicorns kind of person. I mean, I love rainbows. Don't get me wrong. And if I saw a unicorn, I would totally love it. But I'm not that kind of fluffy person. But I, but I, but there's something enchanted about about Prince Edward Island. And I mean, you might not think that if you come and visit, you know, in February or March when you're inundated with snowbanks um, and slush and ice and that sort of thing. But it really truly is a it's a magical place and people are just so proud to be from here and because we're proud to be from here uh, probably and this is not just my own personal bias but what i hear all over the place is that the most hospitable and heart and and um caring people it, it probably in the world like some of the most caring people in the world I find that really interesting, uh, that sense of pride. And I, we definitely have that here in New Brunswick. And I, I, we just recently moved home and started our practice to establish kind of a commitment to here. And I find it that we're still on the fringe, though. We're outside of where people tend to think great things happen. So I think your story, yeah. in a way, puts you not just on the podium, literally, but now to be an ambassador for Atlantic Canada. And uh, how do you feel about that? Like, do you feel like, how does that, uh, like, how does home change now for you? Home doesn't change. Like that's, and that's the best part of it. Home, home, I mean, home is home. Like home doesn't change. I just feel really honored to be able to put not only PEI, but Atlantic Canada on the map for other people to now be aware that our this special corner of the world that only a few of us are are really privy to get I get I get to now represent those people and and put it on the map so that other people know that this corner exists you know we've got the best beaches I mean I don't even sometimes I don't you want do to have the be- you do have the best beaches okay I, I know <laughs> like sometimes I just don't want people to know because I don't want to get too inundated with crowds yeah. but like it's really we, yeah we've got I mean it's amazing it's really truly amazing here and I and it it's um it's kind of a secret corner of Canada that that we are blessed to have been born into so that we're we know about it so that is, in a way, what you're, you know, you're giving back. So what haven't you done yet that you would really like to do? Now that I think for yourself or in personal growth, I think there's a lot of giving back. I think now that you're almost superhuman, or at least people see you that way, that, mm. you know, you've established yourself as kind of being a voice that people look to. But what about for yourself personally? And, and I'm interested in hearing about that. I think personal growth is also... Um like for me personally, it's uh, it means figuring out ways that I can um, transfer my my insights and my my knowledge and my experiences and my insights to other people because I truly, I mean, it is a a passion that kind of exudes from my pores. Is I want I I just we're we're all capable of so much more than we give ourselves credit for everybody. And I think we sell ourselves short with, with, like I was saying before, with those self-limiting beliefs and, and fears and assumptions. And those all kind of turn into excuses. And if we really just kind of started calling ourselves out and learning how to recognize excuses in our own lives and call ourselves out and call it out for what it is, you know, you know, saying you don't have time for something, well, 
that's not actually true. It's just that you have prioritized something higher on the list than what that is for you. On that particular day, at that particular moment, you've prioritized something else. It's not that you don't have time. You've chosen something else. And I think we just need to take ownership of our choices and our consequences. And in doing so, I think we can more realistically identify the things that we can actually accomplish if we chose to, and if we chose to take the steps in that direction. And so for me, that growth for me is is figuring out and discovering those ways that I can now help other people figure that stuff out for themselves. So, you know, I'm working on um, I, I'm working on a book right now to kind of help transfer that information to people. I'm developing uh, a business model where I can uh, with workshops and and things where I can work with people um, on a mentorship basis and try and help people. Um, figure out those things, like really identify what it is that's important to them and help figure out how to get there, but also the things that are standing in their way Mm -hmm. of getting there. Mm -hmm. And so I really, I just feel really blessed that one, I get privy to other people's goals and aspirations and, and bucket list items, you know, and, and helping people say, okay, well, why is that on a, you know, that's been on your bucket list for how long? And how, like, what have you done to get there? And why haven't we, like, why haven't you moved forward towards that? And it's just, it's been really exciting for me. What do you think, like, you know, it's interesting. So I'm, I'm an executive coach and I, I get a chance to work with people one-on-one and I've, you know, I've done it for a little over a decade now. Mm-hmm. And, and it's pretty cool when you see someone who's really willing to go for it, you know what I mean? And maybe move outside their comfort zone, whatever that zone is for them. Um, yeah. Cause I think they all exist in different ways. And so, I mean, your message really resonates with me, Heather. Um, what I'm, what I'm curious about is like from your perspective, um, I guess it's going to be two part question, but the first one would be like, what do you think is it like, what is it that stops people in, in your opinion from, um, or, or maybe just looking at the excuses and not looking beyond, like, do, do you think there's any kind of common thread, you know, between people that, are, you know, have all these excuses and aren't moving to potential as you describe? I think that excuses all boil down to, um, one, priorities. Um, But on the other hand, they boil down to those three things I mentioned before, and that's fears, assumptions, and self-limiting beliefs. I think we make excuses that we actually don't realize are excuses. We justify them as legitimate reasons when, in fact, an underlying fear would be the fear of letting someone else down the fear of trying something and realizing you're not quite good enough to go to to actually make it. Um, Assuming that maybe someone from a small province, I mean, won't be able to make it to the Olympics or, you know, we, we, there's so many things that stop us before even taking that step. And then there are goals that we set, um, uh, you know, in, in the book that I'm writing, there are two different sections I talk about in terms of, of, you know, achieving our goals. And sometimes we just set goals within our comfort zone. Um, and so some people can say that they may never have failed at anything, but have they actually really gone very far? You know, have they actually progressed? Or are they just setting goals for which their attainability of that goal is predictable? You know, if, if it's predictable, no magic happens when when it's predictable, when you know that it's a guaranteed outcome. Um, it's you know, it's stepping outside of the comfort zone and suddenly becoming the small fish in that big pond, you know, becoming a rookie again. That's scary for people. You know, it's scary to leave a place where you know that you're okay to go to a place where, you know, you're, it's, everything's new. You're a rookie again. Um, and it's, uh, 
And so those are those are those things. But I mean, the, the assumptions hold us back. The fears hold us back. Our self-limiting beliefs to be able to believe that we can actually succeed in another level, in another zone of comfort. It's um, and just being yeah. just being okay, being uncomfortable. Like I, I mean, it can, it's a really awkward place when you're really so. So Monica, I would both be entrepreneurs, and you, you know, mm-hmm. when you when you throw it out there, you don't know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. and you know, there's like all the things you describe, and and I think there's, I wonder if there's a certain amount of people that are just just they just don't like that feeling. They want it. They yes. kind of people like to be able to predict, and it's like, well, guess what? You can't predict life, you know. But what for yeah. you? Like, what you know? What was there a point in time? When you were growing up, or what? Like, I mean, where does this come from? In like, is some? I mean, as you're, as you're, you're, you're just as you're telling us this, I, I have this sense that, like, you're so aligned in your beliefs, right? You know, and and it's always nice to hear someone that that um, that has a, a you know a, um, a, a perspective, but also lives that perspective, mm-hmm. right? And and that's what I think I'm hearing in you for sure, Heather. But you know, and clearly by what you've done. But was there a time, you know, was there something that helped you really harden this belief? I no, no gosh, that's or, or is it a, that's always? A great question. You know what I mean? Like, I, has it always been there? Or like, you know what I'm? No. Like, okay. Well, that, like, I was probably the. I would say maybe, I don't want to say one of the least driven people growing up, but. Um, I grew up obviously, well, I grew up in a small town and, um, when you grow up with, uh, now I can look back on this and admit that I was, um, naturally gifted enough in, in athletics uh, as an athlete. But I mean, at the time I wouldn't have acknowledged that I would have just, you know, said, I love sports and I happen to be really good at it and, and whatever, but because, and that, and the same with academics, I may not have been the most brilliant in the class, but you know, I was. I was smart, like, you know, got my A's and whatever, but I didn't have to work at it. And part of that is because when you grow up in a small town, there's not a lot of competition out there. There's not, you know, there aren't these big numbers you're competing against. And you're also not exposed to other levels to which you're striving, like for which, you know, you're not, I'm not, I'm not striving to get to a higher level because there's not one, you know? So you're just, you know, I'm dominating in the sports field, but just because I'm naturally gifted at it. Um, and I also, you know, you grow up in an environment where it's not necessarily cool to stand out. So you don't, you don't try to stand out and you're not trying. Now, when I was competing, I obviously want competed to win. But outside that, I didn't do any extra training. I didn't do any extra anything. Like I didn't work at it um, to do that. And it wasn't, I mean, at university, I played three varsity sports. And I never lifted weights. I never did anything outside of just whatever happened during the team practice. And I mean, there are a number of reasons for that, but it was just, I just played because I wanted to play. Like I, and I wanted to enjoy it. And it was, that was my outlet. And it, if I, I thought if I started lifting weights, it would turn it into a job and turn it into work and, and all that sort of thing. And so I just didn't do it. And so for me, when I was already doing well at, a, at that level, I wasn't striving to get to another level and maybe it was because I didn't ever consider the option of doing sports as a, as a career because I grew up in an academic family. You know, to me, I grew up with the belief or the assumption that sport was extracurricular to what I would do to earn a living, not an actual source of living. So it was, um, there are these things that kind of, we have to question our own beliefs and kind of how we see things and our own 
perspectives and perceptions on things. And it's, it wasn't until I, and I'm sure I, w- I was the most, probably the most frustrating athlete to deal with um, in high school, you know, with coaches seeing so much potential and someone who was just the social athlete chatting away with her friends and not really taking it seriously. And, you know, I'm sure all of my, having been muscular anyway, growing up, all of my coaches in university, I think, assumed I was lifting weights because I was genetically muscular anyway. So I... It was just, it wasn't until I was 27 when I was faced with the challenge of make, going to the Olymp- of competing in the Olympics only five months after being introduced to the sport of bobsledding that I suddenly was like, I wonder if I can do this. I wonder if I can learn a new sport, learn to do it well, and learn to do it well in time to compete in five months in the Olympics. And that's when I started lifting weights because I didn't want to look back and have any regrets. I didn't want to just miss making the team and wonder if lifting weights or not would have made a difference. Or, you know, I wanted to do everything that I could to get there and then be able to kind of look back and, and be okay, regardless of whatever that, that um, the outcome was. And I think that's what I talk about a lot when I'm speaking to people is, is that having that no regrets philosophy at the end. I mean, you can't control what other people do. You can't control how they train. You can't control the equipment they have or, or, you know, what they eat for breakfast in the morning, but you, you can control you and your preparation. And if there's nothing more that you could have done to get a better result, then you can't be upset with whatever result you get. I love that. I love that it's not necessarily, it's really about a process than it is really about the outcome. You know, your outcomes are magical. But I think that what I'm hearing more from you is a commitment to, to believing. I had a quote today I read on my desk and it was like, leave some room for the impossible. And I think in some ways you're kind of opening up that uh, trajectory to be anything it could be. And what it involves is just commitment from you to give it everything you have. And I think that's, that's a beautiful. Well, because I, my, one of my kind of personal slogans is, is believe in the possibilities. And when I talk, the title of my talk is unlikely, but possible. Something may be highly unlikely. But still, being highly unlikely does not mean it's impossible. Mm. And believing in the possibilities doesn't, it, it, it acknowledges that there are no guarantees when you set a goal and when you're working towards a goal. But without believing in the possibilities, you'll never pursue it. Like it, you don't pursue something because the guarantees, you pursue it because the possibilities of what could happen. Do so you think you've always it's, felt it's, that it's way? Really fun. Do you think you've always been that way or do you think the wins that you've had have started to strengthen that that belief? I think the the experiences that I've had have I don't think I needed to have that belief before. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, you know, I, I I mean I wasn't that I didn't wasn't given the opportunities necessarily or taken the opportunities to think philosophically about what makes this go and what does whatever. And I was just trying to follow this academic path and do, you know, play sports on the side and just kind of go through life, which so many people do without necessarily, you know, trying to find something you enjoy doing without necessarily realizing how far you can actually push yourself. And so I think the experiences that I've had in the last you know, 10, 11 years of my life have made me realize how close I was to having this genetic gift, I guess. Um, And the source, I believe, for me to be able to do what I was born to do, which I think is empowering other people and getting, helping other people achieve their goals 
that would have been shelved. Mm -hmm. Like without someone else, you know, prodding and persisting and trying to convince me to do this and trying to convince me to do the testing for bobsledding. And I mean, I turned it down the first time and then four years later, ran into him again. And finally I was like, okay, I'll do the testing. (laughs) You know, I was like, I was a pain in the ass for sure. And finally I did the testing and I was like, okay, wait a second. (laughs) I just broke one of their testing records amongst all these people who were, have been training three years and are supposed to be representing in five months at the Olympics. I wonder if I can do it. So it it was, I literally had to be presented with a challenge and I realized I'm not motivated by winning. I'm motivated by challenges. I'm motivated by the more unlikely something seems, yeah, maybe I won't get it, but I sure as hell want to see how close I can get. And so I think it's finding out what motivates people and what your actual why is like the reason for doing something. Because for me, winning is not necessarily what motivates me, but inspiring other people motivates me like winning a gold medal at the Olympics. You know, at one point I almost stopped because there was just, there was just a lot, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes in anything, a lot of manipulation, a lot of smoky politics, a lot of bullshit. And I just, to me, winning medal wasn't worth it or the possibility of winning a medal wasn't worth dealing with that. But then when I was reminded that it was actually also the possibility of inspiring a lot of people, that that concept enabled me to deal with all those other things and to, to handle that stuff because of the possibility of that. So it's a matter of people figuring out their actual reason for doing something. And that helps you get through a lot. Yeah, it's like discovering pure potential, that you can live in a state of pure potential all the time. That's that's really that's just really inspiring and beautiful to kind of encourage you to anyone to embrace the uncomfort to be able to explore the potential at every at every turn yeah it's well, pretty amazing it is well and and, and we gotta we gotta wrap because we unfortunately we're just getting rolling in a sense <laughs> really? really yeah um we'll if, have to do part two in well, a few months you know what okay <laughs> let's do it thank you for uh, for yeah, offering you just did it i love it um <laughs> Heather, like, okay, can, so, and we're, and Monica and I are going to take, we have our own takeaways from this, so we're going to, we're going to say goodbye in a couple seconds, but I want to say that, um, well, just first off, thank you for just speaking from the heart. I mean, you, you can certainly, it comes across you. Um, how do people learn more about you, um, get to, to maybe sign up, probably have some way to sign up for your, you know, to, to, to receive your upcoming book? Um, what, what's the best way for them to get more information? Yeah, right now. So right now I'm working with someone who's kind of establishing all those different routes. We're trying to figure out the best routes for people. Um, I can probably, do you have, you have a website associated with the podcast? Yes. So maybe I can send you some links that you can kind of throw up on there for people. So get people to jump up there and grab them. Okay. And even, even on Facebook, on Twitter, I'm on Instagram. And once all of that stuff kind of does kind of come to fruition in terms of that, the proper, channels and and that sort of thing then i'll be probably promoting it through that way as well okay so we'll we'll get we'll make sure that yeah. gets up so so matt will make sure that happens um you're uh, just just as a, before we say goodbye i just want to say like i mean you're you're multi you're in multi-sports you know you're you're obviously kind of uber talented uh that way um you're out there inspiring people which is very cool on the bobsledding side just i became a fan of bobsledding when my uncle who has the same name as me was in the 1980 uh winter olympics in lake placid at, in the 
team, bobsledding oh, wow. team. Yeah. And she was uh, in bobsledder. Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. Like, so, so I'm just telling you, like, I was like instantly a fan. Like I remember, you know, being how old I was at that time. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and watching my Uncle David, you know, with the Team Canada thing on these crazy, uh, I think they were like uh, yellow helmets on, speeding down, you know, so it's such a cool sport. So I just wanted oh, so I just wanted to share that. I just thought well, that just is such a brilliant sport, and, and it takes immense amount of courage, but but everything you're doing does. So thank you. We're going to get the stuff up for people to find out more about you. We're I, I'm, I'm going to certainly take you up on part two, and uh, and I can't wait to hear you speak at some point. i got to get up to the next time. Absolutely. So So thanks so much for your time. And uh, oh, you're welcome. look forward to talking again soon. That's great, Dave. Thanks, Monica. You both of you. Thank you. It was great to talk to you today. Okay. Bye. Okay. Take care, Heather. Um, very, very cool. Like, um, what a what a neat woman, eh? Or person. I mean, uh, what she's doing. Holy cow! And we're going over, and Greg's going to give us hell and all stuff. But we don't have someone backed up to to. So that we're so we're doing it our own way, right? I love it. I yeah, love yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So and your take? Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Well, no, I just that it's it's exciting to you know have these conversations and just be. It's hard. It's actually hard to sit down after those to not just want to go reevaluate where you. You've had limiting beliefs. Where you've had, uh, where where are we stopping ourselves from truly being great? I think those are. I like the process of kind of exploring that and mining for those those fears and assumptions that are limiting us from potent, from getting into great possibilities. Well, and you know, the, the, in that in that thought, Monica, like what I think was, you know, what I really like about that is, I I wonder if people don't get uh, messed up because they're so, or me maybe I'll speak for myself. Sometimes I'm so focused on the result, I'm forgetting just mm. to embrace and enjoy mm-hmm. the challenge. And you know, to hear her describe that is like, you know, the gold medal was cool, but it was a challenge going into it, which was really cool. You know, so, um. The cha- just embracing the challenge is just such a good message. So, so you it. are you going to come on and guest host another one while I'd Greg's off to. at some exotic exotic location? You're in for another one. Oh, did you just say we're going to an exotic location and <laughs> you, you're yes, asking if we, I'm into we, it? Yeah, we're we're for Do you sure. Know who I am? I'm but we're, into but we got to pretend like Greg, uh, Greg's off in this great spot and he's just enjoying stuff and and he's got us. You know, but we but, are in an exotic location are, right now. Actually, it is kind of cool. You should see my Jaguar printed. Oh yeah, you got very cool slippers. Right now. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take a picture of that and we. You can put and that like, out for sure. There are no, <laughs> there are no limits to the possibilities. Of Absolutely. No, um, no thanks, that Monica. was really inspiring, and uh, I'm looking forward to making changes in the world that I live in just yeah. from just from that one conversation. Cool. All right. Next, we'll see you next week. Please. Okay. Take care. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep 
and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.